0: Chapter 29. Marco. Crunch. Screech. Bam. Wham. boom, Squeal. Out of the trees I roared, in what was left of the pickup truck. I plowed up through a ditch and onto a road, kicking up dirt and mud and gravel. It was a dark, narrow road that ran behind the housing development. I'd come full circle. I don't care what anyone says. I drove okay. Or at least I was getting better. I was running into things less, anyway. I began to morph, but I didn't want to give up on the truck. After all, I was supposed to get it back out to Cassie's farm when we were done with it. So I chose the one morph I had in my arsenal that could drive. Time for the monkey suit, I muttered as I barreled down the road, hitting only the occasional mailbox. I focused. I concentrated as well as I could. Fortunately, this was a morph I had done before. I was familiar with it. But still, that first sensation of my shoulders doubling in size, tripling, quadrupling? It was a rush. I mean, I'm not the biggest guy in the world. I'm kind of short. I'm kind of small. But when I do this morph, I am so massively powerful it's incredible. In this morph I have lifted guys up and thrown them through the air. In this morph I have punched Hork-Bajir, and they've stayed punched. In this morph, I could kick the butts of the entire Dallas Cowboys all at once. 400 pounds, give or take a few. But not 400 pounds of fat. No. I was becoming 400 pounds of hardcore, bad as can be. Don't even look cross-eyed at me. Shoulders like a cement truck. Neck like a fire hydrant. Fists like sledgehammers. Dominant male silverback gorilla. Sweet, gentle animals. Unless you insist on making them mad at which point they are capable of ripping up a small tree by the roots and playing baseball, with you as the ball. I glanced in the rearview mirror. My eyes had become little gorilla eyes. My mouth was puffing out and turning dark. I was scared. See, as tough as my gorilla might be, I was nothing to that dust monster. I wasn't morphing the gorilla to fight that thing. I was morphing the gorilla to draw him on. I was bait. I was the bait and the creature was the shark, and that fact did not make me happy. I heard the roar of a tornado behind me. I pressed my growing foot down on the accelerator. Chapter 30 Rachel Your name is Rachel. You're an anamorph. We were created by a dying Andalite prince. We were given the power to become any animal we could touch. We were running or I was running, anyway, with this girl riding on my back. She told me we had to get away from the homes. We had to get to the forest. The Dust beast would kill innocent people if we didn't get away. That made sense. The rest of what she was telling me seemed utterly insane. I'm Cassie. We're best friends, Rachel. There's Jake. He's your cousin. There's Marco. And there's Tobias. Tobias was trapped in his morph. He's stuck as a... Flash! A terrible place, deep, deep within the bowels of the earth. A dim cave as big as a sports dome. In the center, a pool. A pool that looked like molten lead. Pierce reached into it, cages around the edges. The cries! The terrible cries of terror and despair! A battle raged. I was there. I was there. I was... An elephant! Just as I was now. Yes, a battle against monsters and a bird, screaming down from high in the cave. It screamed down, wings-backed, hooked beak and terrible talons ready. A hawk, I said to Cassie. Yes, yes, that's it, that's Tobias. I crashed through a flimsy fence in someone's backyard, then crashed through it again on my way out. Open field! We were out of the homes now, and running for the cover of the woods. I remembered what had happened in the woods. The old woman, she was yelling about yurks, I said. She was crazy, yelling about yurks coming for her. The yurks are real, Cassie said. Look, Rachel, you don't have to remember everything at once. But we're in a terrible fight here. We need your help. What help? I asked suspiciously. We're trying to keep the Velik distracted. It chases after morphing energy. It's drawn to anyone morphing. So we're morphing every five minutes or so, hoping to wear it out. How do you know it wears out? We don't. That isn't much of a plan, I said. Are you Animorphs always this hopeless? Pretty much, Cassie said ruefully. The bad guys have all the power. Sometimes we think it's all a hopeless fight. A hopeless fight? I asked. Isn't that the best kind? Cassie laughed. You may have lost your memory, but you're still Rachel. It's about time for me to morph. Let me jump off. No, I said. The beast couldn't lift me. I was too big. Stay on and morph where you are. It will come after us, but if it can't lift me, it may not be able to get you. I felt her pat the back of my massive head. My girl, Rachel, she said affectionately. Here goes nothing. What are you going to morph into? Something small enough that maybe the dustbees won't be able to separate me from you. A squirrel! We can morph into smaller animals? Sometimes smaller is better. I felt a strange scraping, tickling feeling on my back, as the girl who said she was my friend became smaller. Chapter 31. Marco. Ah! I thought, as the velic blazed after me. I yelled I had a weird desire to pound my chest with my massive fist But I stuck to my driving I heard the tornado behind me I shot a look at the rearview mirror The mirror was filled with gnashing mouths The truck was moving as fast as it could move Sudden flashes of brilliant red light coming from the sky Dracon beams Then, in my headlights, an elephant What? I slammed on the brakes. Too late. Scree Woof! Everything upside down. Rolling, rolling, pain, sudden flying. Things hit me. Bushes ripped at me. Slam! I hit the ground hard. I was in a ditch half filled with water. The truck was overturned on its back a few feet away. The wheels were still spinning. The headlights were still shining. Dracon beams sliced the ground a few feet from my head. Bug fighters! I tried to move. Pain shot through my head. I moved my arms. They were still in one piece. If I had been in human form, I would have been killed. But it took more than a 70 mile an hour crash to kill the gorilla. From somewhere I heard an agonized trumpeting sound. The dust piece was over me, a tornado of mouths and blades. But it didn't want me. It was after someone else. I could feel consciousness dimming. I had to morph. Let it take me if it had to. Let it take me. Chapter 32 Cassie I felt myself shrink. Rachel's elephant back began to grow and grow, spreading out from me like some heaving, wobbling gray blanket. A tail sprouted behind me. My face bulged out and grew pointed. Pale gray fur spread across my body. I had morphed the squirrel before, of course. I knew what to expect. The body was wonderful. The senses keen and sharp. But the mind lived in a state of perpetual terror. Always looking for predators. The only other emotion was hunger. But I could control the squirrel's fear. If I could control my own. Easier said than done. I was drawing the monster to us. The energy that was allowing me to become a squirrel was bait to the dust beast. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw headlights. Something big was in the air behind the lights. A dark shadow that swallowed up the stars. The beast! The Velik! I stopped the morph. I could feel my own fear. And if my fear met that squirrel's fear, I would never gain control. Suddenly, Predator! The squirrel's terror shot through me. Something overhead! Like a giant bird. The squirrel's brain was screaming, Run, run, run! Stabbing beams of brilliant light. Dracon beams. A bugfighter coming in low above us. I felt a surge as Rachel powered her huge body faster. What's happening? Rachel cried in Thoughtspeak. But I was not morphed enough to use Thoughtspeak, and my mouth was no longer fully human. The groaning sounds I made would mean nothing to Rachel. Light so bright it blinded me. Rachel screamed. I smelled burning flesh. I blinked, trying to clear my half-human, half-squirrel eyes. I saw a seared line of blackened flesh drawn down Rachel's side by a dracon beam. Headlights. Too close. Bam! I flew, tumbling through the air. A twisted, half-formed creature. I landed hard, but my fall was cushioned by dense bushes. <coughs> Through eyes, half-human, half-squirrel, I saw a horrifying scene. Rachel was on her side, trumpeting in pain and rage. A pickup truck lay on its back, wheels spinning. Just beyond the truck, a gorilla struggled to get up. Marco! A bugfighter zipped overhead. I stopped morphing. I froze. I was a two-foot-long creature with a tail and human hands and patchy gray fur poking through spandex and flesh. The dust bee settled above us. It spread above the three of us. Rachel, Marco, and me. I looked up into that phalanx of gnashing teeth and whirring blades and eerie, staring eyes. It would take whoever drew it by morphing. It would take me. If I morphed. And if I did nothing? If I just closed my eyes and hugged the dirt and did nothing? The dream! Evil had come to choose between me and another, just like in the dream. I heard the Felix tornado roar. It had found its prey. I closed my eyes. Chapter 33. Acts. I watched it all in the wavering, shimmering hologram. The elephant running, the truck racing, with the Velik in hot pursuit. The picture suddenly became much sharper. We were now seeing the scene through the gun camera of one of the bug fighters. A flashing light came on, an indicator that the bug fighter was preparing to fire its dracon beams. Red beans lanced toward the elephant. The elephant ran in terror. The truck hit. In a flash, it was over. The elephant lay sprawled across the side of the road. The truck was overturned. The Velik was hovering over the scene. It dropped swiftly down, enveloping a ditch. It rose with something concealed inside it. The Velik arced swiftly toward the sky, out of range of the bugfighter's cameras. Come to me, my little pet, Visser Three crowed. Bring me my second analyte bandit. Visser Three turned his stock eyes toward me. You'll have company soon. I felt a sinking sensation. Who had the Velik taken? Rachel? Cassie? Marco? Call the bugfighters, Visser Three said. Tell them to land. Hold that large creature. The Velik can't carry it until it demorphs into something smaller. Visser, one of the human controllers said timidly. The bugfighter has a crew of one Taxon and one hork May I suggest we contact some of our Earth-based human controllers? They will be less, uh, conspicuous than Hork-Bajir. Do it, Fizard Three ordered. But tell those bugfighter crews they will contain that beast. They will not let it go, or I'll see that they become the main course at the Taxon's next meal. I am going to my quarters. Call me when the Velik arrives with my prize. Blank the Andalite's cage. My cage wall became opaque. I was alone again, unable to see out. I was left powerless to imagine the fate of my human friends. I have never felt more worthless. More powerless. I felt a sudden sharp pain on my arm. What had Marco said they were? Fleas? I swatted it absentmindedly. Wait. A flea? Hadn't I heard Jake say he had done it? Yes. I was sure it was a flea. He had morphed a flea. And he was, after all, just a human. Surely. I reached for the flea. Easier said than done. It hopped away. I found it again. Again it escaped. On the third try, I caught it. I squeezed the flea carefully between my fingers. I focused on the flea. Yes, it might just work. We had very few animals that small on my own world. Perhaps the same was true of the Yerks. The Visser would not expect me to morph something so tiny. In which case, I might have one slim chance. I had morphed a fly, and I had morphed an ant. But as small as they were, they were not small enough. An ant is far larger than a flea. Many times larger. But a flea is nearly invisible. It was time to get very small. Time to morph. I began to shrink at a startling rate. Each morphing is unique. Things don't happen logically. Some parts of your body change in shape when they are still far too large in size. Other times, the parts of your body shrink down, becoming very tiny and only changing shape at the last minute. This explains why, even as I was still a couple feet tall, I suddenly felt two long tusks come shooting out of my mouth. Two long teeth and I knew immediately what they were used for. These were what the flea used to pierce my skin and drink my blood. Why a flea should have a taste for Andalite blood is a mystery, but now I knew how the little monster did his dirty work, and I really did not want to dwell on that image. My legs and arms began to segment. Joints appeared where they should not have been, primitive joints that scraped as I moved. My tail withered away and my body swelled. I was bloating up. At the same time, my blue and tan fur gave way to an exoskeleton, a shell. I could hear my bones dissolving. I could feel sickening lurches as my internal organs all disappeared. My complex andelite hearts became something that was barely a valve. Long spiked hairs shot from my jointed legs. A sort of shell helmet fringed with backward raked spikes replaced my face. And all the while... The floor of my cage grew vastly wider, and closer, and closer. I felt I was on an endless landscape of smooth black glass. My stock eyes went blind as they became stout, stubby antennae. My sight in my main eyes dimmed and shattered into a thousand points of gray light. I was almost blind. What I could see was nothing but shades of gray. Dots, not shapes. I could not hear in the usual sense, but I could pick up subtle vibrations through my antennae and through all the hairs on my minuscule body. I stood on my six invisibly small legs, protected by plates of shell armor, almost blind, almost unable to hear, afraid. The next move was up to the yurks. I waited and ticked off the minutes. The flea's brain was scarcely a brain at all. It contained almost nothing, The sum total of what the flea knew was this. Jump toward warmth and the smell of life. Since there was no warmth and no smell of life, the flea brain had nothing much to say. I waited and hoped and feared and listened for the visitor's thought speech. There are two kinds of thought speech, open and closed. Open thought speech can be heard by anyone. Closed thought-speak is like a human whispering to only one person. The viscer gave his orders in open thought-speak, so that everyone heard. That was how I knew he'd returned. From a distance I heard, You and you, and you two, follow me to the bridge. I tried to control the fear that welled up in me at his approach. I hated him. I knew I had to live on that hate, and try not to let the fear overpower me. My time would come, I told myself. I would avenge Elfangor. I would save my honor. Where is the beelik? Then open the hatch, you idiot, and let it in. Yes, right here on the bridge. And right in the Andalite's cage. I want to see these old friends meet. I saw a light, which was actually just an increase in the number of gray dots there was a silence from visitor 3 for about 2 seconds then an explosion of enraged thought speak fools where is it where is it i'll kill every one of you if it has escaped suddenly a rush of air i felt it waft across my bristles and antennae then the scent of exhaled breath a sensation of some warm object the smells of a living creature no don't open the cage visitor 3 yelled Too late, I thought. Jump! Above my back legs was a biological spring. It fired. The energy went to my legs, and I went flying. I've seen humans jump. They cannot jump their own height. Even we antelites can barely jump our own height. But the flea? Well, the flea can jump a hundred times his own height. It was as if a human could simply leap over a sixty-story building, I flew through the air, and as I flew, I somersaulted over so that I was flying legs first. I hit something and stopped very suddenly. Close the cage! Visser Three screamed. I felt a swift movement in the air just above me. The thing I was attached to fell, and even as he fell, I could sense that he no longer smelled like life. Hello, Phantomorphs, and welcome to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs auditory experience. Sorry, this one is getting out a little later than normal, but it's still technically Thursday where I'm at, so uh, still ahead of the schedule. So there. Um, don't have a lot to say. It's actually pretty close to my bedtime, so I'm pretty sleepy. So let's just make this short and sweet. If you like. This show, you can hear more of it at audiomorphs.podbean.com or by searching Audiomorphs, wherever you can find those ding-dang podcasts. If you'd like to reach me, you can do that at audiomorphscast.tumblr.com or audiomorphscast at gmail.com. Just come by and say hi. I love hearing from people. It makes me feel validated as a person. Not much else to say this week, uh check out my other podcast okay Crusader at shoutengine.com okay Crusader or wherever you can find podcasts basically it's a goofy little show where I get some guests and we take some random excuse me and we take some random pages from the Marvel wiki and we discuss how dateable we find those characters it's raunchy it's goofy it's funny I have a lot of fun doing it so if that sounds like your cup of tea go ahead and uh, give it a listen. Alright, I think that's all I have for this week. I will see you all next week. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight.
1: Hey Mike, what are you doing? I was just thinking about this idea for a Hook sequel with way more alcoholism and PTSD. Hey, what if we made a sequel to Space Jam, where instead of Michael Jordan playing basketball, they play Quidditch and it's with Daniel Radcliffe? What about A Bug's Life 2, but it's a heist? Or a sequel to Good Burger where Kel is an heir to an inheritance, and he has a long-lost twin who is also played by Kel Mitchell. Also, Groundhog's Day, what if- Hold on, Madison. Why don't we put these pitches for movies that never got sequels or prequels on our podcast, The Equalizers? Oh, you mean the one we release every Monday on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and all other places podcasts are found?
0: Yeah, that one. Ooh, and maybe sometimes we have some of our writer friends on as well to hear their wild ideas for sequels or prequels.
1: Okay, but can you promise me no sequels with body horror, communist themes, or talk about John C. Riley's penis? I can't, and I won't. Great. Well, my Monday mornings just got pretty fucking weird. All of ours have, Madison. All of ours have. Find The Equalizers podcast everywhere podcasts are found, as well on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching The Equalizers.
0: That's E-Q-U-E-L-I-Z-E-R-S, like in sequel.